come to the God of all comfort. He says the God of all comfort deserves praise. The God of all comfort deserves praise. This is to whom he's pointing them here, uh, that the God of all comfort, uh, that they would praise him. He is the source of their comfort. There in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. And so he points them to them, to the God of all comfort. And we're going to look at three reasons why God deserves praise, as he is the source of all comfort. As Paul begins his letter, pointing them to this God, the God of comfort. The first reason is this. God comforts believers in their afflictions. He sees there in verse 4, who, that's God, comforts us in all our tribulation or our afflictions, the distressing circumstances that we're in. Notice it says, in all our afflictions. God is the God who comforts us. And he's described in verse 3 as the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The eternal God sent his only son to this earth to become the Savior, Jesus. He is the promised Messiah, the Christ, and he is Lord, the eternal God, the sovereign, the supreme authority. And the Father is the one who gives mercies, and he is the God of all comfort. Not just some comfort, but all comfort. And he is the source of all of true and lasting comfort. If we would look down through verses 3 and 7, whether the word comfort, in some translations, consolation, which is the same word for comfort, it is mentioned 10 times in those verses. You do well to look through that and to circle or highlight each of those. Certainly, this is a theme of this passage of Scripture. God offers you comfort No matter what the affliction is, he offers you a comfort if you will turn to him. Well, what are some of those comforts or uh, afflictions that we may face, distressing situations in which you may be in? I think they can fall into two categories. One are things that are external, that are happening around you and people, things, circumstances pushing pressure upon your life. These can be things like persecution or Pressure for your faith in Christ, uh, pressures at your job, dangers in life, sickness, problems with people around you. These external pressures, they're, they're things around you, people around you are putting pressure upon you. Or they could be internal struggles. Now, there could be the second category, external or something that's internal, such as discouragement, sorrow, temptation, or fears. Paul writes about this in chapter 7, how he is... He's distressed about the church in Corinth. How are they doing? Are they going to listen to the truth that he's explaining to them? And then in verse 13, he's comforted by God from this internal pressure that he's feeling there. So internal and external, two main areas. Sometimes we face these afflictions, these troubles, because of what we get ourselves into in life. Uh, Ways we bring it upon ourselves. Sometimes we just experience it because we are, as we're going through life in this sinful, fallen world. Uh, that's what we experience. Sometimes people are on the offensive, we could say, and they are, they're attacking us. They're trying to do us harm, uh, particularly because of our faith in Jesus Christ. 
we can experience those. And you can think through in your own life what you might be facing at this point, whether it's something more external or internal or maybe some of both. But what do you do when you face those times of trouble, those afflictions? What God wants you to do is to turn to him so you can know his comfort. But that's not what everyone does. Many people turn to other things besides God in the midst of their afflictions and troubles. They turn to something to just numb their pain, to block out their reality. It can be things like alcohol, drugs, pornography, or pleasure. They can just get really busy so they don't have to worry about the troubles, the things that they're facing. Others can look to things that quickly will change their circumstance. If I can just get through this week, I'll be okay. If I can just get this bill paid, I'll be okay. Uh, if, if the trouble's at work, if they just get a little bit better, then I'll be satisfied. They're just looking for that next quick fix in their life. And yet, usually, most often, it's one more thing, one more thing for the true comfort and satisfaction. Others turn to false thinking and teaching for their, their comfort, false ideas. A uh, uh, thing that came to my mind, someone facing the loss of someone, and some people think their loved one turns into angels, and their, their loved one is watching over them. And that's comforting to them. Except the problem is the Bible doesn't teach that people turn into angels. And so that's a false source of comfort that people are turning to. Uh, and yet they turn to it instead of turning to the one true God. What do you do when faced with trouble, afflictions? Do you turn to God? It's actually a test of your faith if you turn to God, because that's what he wants you to do. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus is speaking about the seed sown on different grounds in verses 16 and 17. He says, likewise, these are the ones sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Pressures, tribulation, hardship comes into their life, and they don't turn to God in faith. They turn away from him. And that is a mark of a true believer that they keep turning to God in trouble. Yes, we can stumble and fall, but we keep turning to God for the source of comfort. And I hope that as you think about your relationship with God, that you think and you know that Jesus is your Savior. You know that he died upon the cross for your sins and rose again. Your faith is in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal life. And as uh, that faith in Christ brings you into a personal relationship with the eternal God, whereby he gives you his comfort. There's just a few, I just want to mention some of the comforts mentioned in 1 Corinthians that God offers. And so depending upon the circumstances, the truth may vary, but here are some of the comforts that are mentioned in this book. God may at times deliver his children from circumstances. He talks about that in chapter 1, verse 10. Or he gives them the grace and strength to bear up under their circumstances. He talks about that in chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. He reminds them of eternity so that they do not lose heart. Chapter 4, 16, and 17. 
he reminds them that through suffering, God's purpose is to make them more like Jesus Christ. Chapter 3, verse 18. He reminds them of the glories of heaven for the believer. Chapter 5 and verse 8. He reminds them that even though life is filled with afflictions, believers are victors through Christ. They are on the winning side. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16 or verse 14. These are just some of the comforts that God offers his children in their afflictions. And in countless other ways, God the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort is there to comfort his children. He does so in his own timing and his way, but he does comfort them. And I want to challenge you, first of all, that you turn to God for comfort, but second, but also that you receive the comfort of God as the comfort of God. What I mean by this is you don't just hear what God says and say, well, yeah, I'm really not feeling that today. It really doesn't impact me. It really doesn't distress. He really doesn't know what I'm going through. If God says this is comforting, that is the true source of comfort. You will not find comfort anywhere else. And so particularly think of the eternal truths. God presents them to us to think in light of eternity. And that is a source of comfort. We need to receive that as comfort from God and not dismiss it because it is hard to understand. This is the truth that God offers comfort. And and the challenge for us to turn to him and he will comfort us and then receive that comfort that he gives The second reason why God deserves praise, God comforts believers so they will comfort one another. Paul continues in verse 4, who God comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. How? With the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. So Paul's saying, I've been in the distressing situation. You keeping up, Jim? (laughs) it's a prevalent theme here. Paul's saying, I've suffered, but what have I experienced? The comfort of God. And that is what God wants us to pass on to others. He writes about this in verse six, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation or comfort also abounds through Christ. You know what you have in common with every other person in life? They're a sufferer. Everyone suffers in some way, shape, or form. And every believer will suffer. There's particular ways that believers suffer. Following Christ leads to suffering in our lives. And that's one of the things that was abrasive to the Corinthian culture. And so what you have in common with every person is that they are also a sufferer. But every believer is also a sufferer, but what you also can have in, com- in common is the comfort of God. And God brings his children through suffering so that they will experience his comfort so that they can then go on and pass that comfort on to others. God's purposes in suffering are many. And one of those so that he will equip you to be able to minister to others. Suffering is the training ground that God uses to prepare you to minister to others. That's hard news to hear. 
that I might have to go through something so that I could experience God's comfort. That's not the end, so that I can then go pass that comfort on to others. If we are afflicted, Paul writes, it is for your comfort and salvation or deliverance, which is effective for the enduring of the same sufferings which we suffer. If we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. We've gone through this. We've suffered so that we could pass on the comfort that we have received from God. And so too in our own lives, this is what God does in us. A.W. Tozer wrote, It is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. And that's within this context saying that God brings his children through suffering so that he will use them in the lives of others. You know, those who go through suffering and just focus upon themselves usually end up bitter and miserable. But those who go through suffering, clinging to God, say, God, help me to be a blessing and help to others, are those who end up being helped in their own suffering, but they're also able to minister to others. I want to point out another truth here. Uh, As we minister to others in their suffering, point them not to your experience, but to the comfort of Christ. We look for people that we can identify with someone that's gone through something like us. And then, well, they've they've experienced it so I can learn from their experience. What does Paul say here? We've suffered, we've gone through this, so that we can tell them about our personal experience. We suffer so that we can experience the comfort of God so that we pass on the comfort of God to others. What equips you to be a means of grace, of the comfort of God, it's not your experience. It's that you have suffered and experienced God's comfort, and that's what you pass on to others. Sometimes we don't know what to do and say. We're afraid to do anything. Well, I haven't gone anything through anything like that. And thankfully, you don't have to. How horrible would life if you had to go through every difficulty in order to speak truth about that circumstance, to speak about God in that circumstance? We don't want to have to face everything. And certainly, there's some ways that people connect a little bit more through the experience, but that's not what God says equips us. It's that we've suffered and we found God a source of comfort. And that's what we pass on to others, to encourage them to also experience that comfort. Encourage us in this to work to enter into the sufferings of others. Now, if you've ever heard a term, compassion fatigue. So when someone has seen so many difficulties, so many problems in life, in their own life, and people around them in the world that are just like, oh, I don't have the energy and strength to even start to care about this. I don't know if you've ever been there. I know I have been there. Uh, And certainly, I think one of the ways of this through news, social media, you can experience so many difficulties in the world in a short amount of time. And you can be left with like, what could I ever do? 
And we're, I think, viewing it wrongly because God does not want us to take on the burdens of the world in our own lives, but to start by caring with the people around us, our family, our friends, our church family, and to be willing to enter into that to point them to the comfort that God gives, to care for them, to pray for them, to see how you can uh, serve one another. It can be hard and difficult to enter into the sufferings of others, but this is what God calls us to. I can remember going through times with Micah's cancer and his treatment that just felt overwhelmed, numbed to others' pain, like I can't even begin to enter in. But yet the Lord strengthened, and I was thankful for those times when we did step into the lives of others. And you know what it does when we step into the lives of others? It reminds them they're not alone. What do people often feel in their difficulties or affliction and suffering? I'm all alone. And God's design is for the church to enter into the sufferings of others and say, you're not alone. Others have suffered. And you know what? God is a God of comfort. Turn to him and he will give you comfort with what you're facing. Third reason why God deserves praise. God brings believers through suffering into his comfort. Paul now addresses the church, verse 7, and our hope for you, our hope for the church, not just his desire, but his confident assurance for you, church in Corinth, is steadfast. It is firmly secure. It is like a strong anchor that holds the ship from drifting in the assaulting waves. Paul's confidence in them was secure. What? That they, just as they partake of sufferings, that you also will partake of the consolation or of comfort. He's saying, I know you're going to suffer, but I know you're going to experience the suffering or the, the comfort of God as well, because God is going to bring you through this. And how encouraging that must have been for them. And that is the message that we need to, to proclaim as well. Yes, I know that you're suffering. I don't know all the ins and outs, but the Lord does. And if you turn to him, he will give you comfort and he will bring you through that. Keep turning to God for comfort. Find him as your source of hope. Put your trust in him. I try to be careful with what I share for illustrations and I try to be careful with the personal illustrations because it's not about me. It's not about, the church is not about me, it's about Jesus Christ. But I'm going to try to share a little more openly in 2 Corinthians, and partly learning, learning from Paul's example there, hopefully still fitting and appropriate, uh, even though it goes against my first initial thought saying, no, I don't want to share that. Actually, I'm going to share about us, but also about my wife this morning. Uh, yesterday, uh, some pictures came up on our Facebook that uh, six years ago, we started remodeling the bathroom in the parsonage. We tore it apart down to the lath and off the lath and plaster, down to the studs and redid it, the plumbing. 
And so we started in January, and as she was reminding, the context of this, very soon she was going to doctor's appointments, and early February, we found out that Mike was, had, had cancer. Uh, the toilet wasn't set. Uh, it, was a, it was a mess uh, there for, for weeks there. And so we see this, the building project, as we're just entering into, but what we associate it with is we were trying to figure out what was going on, and it led to cancer, not just years of cancer treatment, lives forever altered. My wife wrote yesterday, uh, it definitely evoked some strong emotions for me, but the overwhelming theme is that God was there, and he is with us now too. Today I read, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. What a comfort. Not only is God always there for those who have trusted in him, every word he has said he preserves. His words are faithful and trustworthy. We may not know what tomorrow holds, but I know my God holds me through all of life's mountains and valleys. What do you think is a mark of someone who goes through suffering, trusting the Lord? They're praising God. They've experienced his comfort. And that's what he said. That's how he begins in verse 3. Blessed be the God. Why? The God of comfort. Because he's going to comfort you. And the end result is someone who just keeps clinging to God. They found him a comfort. And they're coming through that. Or still in the midst of it. And they're praising God. That's what God wants us to do. I don't know what all the ins and outs, I know some, but all the ins and outs of what you might be facing. But turn to God. Don't turn to other things. Don't turn to lesser things. Turn to God for comfort, and he will comfort you. Even in the midst of difficulties, take time to minister to others. Enter into their suffering. Not because you have all that common experience, but because you have a faithful God who's a source of comfort, and point others to that. And may you continue, by God's grace and for his glory, to praise him. Even though you suffer, you are comforted by the comfort of God. Our Heavenly Father, you know each one here, you know what's going on in their lives. Some are facing pressures from external things, difficulties that they don't want in their lives but are there and they can't change them. Some are facing discouragement and pressures from within, fears about things that are going on or might take place. Help each one here to turn to you and to find you as who you are, the source of comfort whether loss of loved one, whether uncertainties about the future, whether pressures because of our faith in Christ, you are there to give us comfort. And may we receive your comfort and be sustained. Lord, help us truly to minister to one another. We, we, we blunder through it at times. But even in the midst of our blundering, May we be willing to enter in. And what may be clear, 
is that we're pointing people to a God who is this true source of comfort, that they would find that for themselves. We love and need you.